This week on The Sport Blokes. This week, 40's the new 30 and 71's the new 60 as Donovan Mitchell outdoes Luka Doncic among a pile of massive performances. Oh yeah. Is it still too early to talk about the MVP race? Yes. And safety first as Nathan learns something new about the NFL. We're back. It's 17 past seven on, what day is it today? Thursday, the 5th of January, 2023. It's a bit like that, isn't it? It these, really is. These Christmas breaks, they just throw you all over the place. I'm just glad that I said 2023 because normally it's not till March that I get the year right. I did sign 2022 yesterday. Well, it, it does happen. It does. Yeah, yeah, it does happen. We've got the aircon on because it's still 35 degrees here in Perth, but hopefully, that, I think that's okay. We've done a bit of a sound test. Is so. it cool? I reckon it feels like it's 45. Well, so. it's, yeah, it's pretty warm. It's pretty warm. So, mate, it's been a month, if it's been a minute. Well, a month tomorrow since we last recorded. So there you That's go. Right. It has been a while since we've been in the same room and recorded. First things first, Christmas, New Year. How'd it go? Yeah, very good. Very good. Uh, the summer of George is over. I uh, had a bit of long service leave at the end of last year, so I got to. I used it wisely. I watched a lot of the first few tests, watched a lot of sport. Didn't get as much done around the house as I should have, but... When do you ever? But I watched, I watched, I watched a lot of sport, a lot of test cricket, which is really good. Geez, I tell you what, it's one of my favourite times of year. Actually, there's no footy on, but everything else, the basketball and the and the cricket is fantastic. There's so. a reason it's the most wonderful time of the year. Indeed, indeed. Now I did miss the Christmas games and and the Boxing Day oh, games for the basketball. Yeah, well, didn't um, there though. And we will talk about that later. But yeah, no, I had a had a good. Uh, a bit of a New Year's Eve in two parts. One with you guys with all the Rugrats running around. I was there from about 5 till 9, 9.30, I think. And then I came here and didn't go to bed till nearly 5 a.m. because my girlfriend had some friends around. So, Yeah, yes. we all went to bed as soon as you left. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody naked. But i got to ask the question, mate. As as it's been nearly a month, obviously, uh, you had a bit of a health scare. How, how are you doing? You've got to tell our listeners. Yeah, look, not fun. I'll give you the fairly abridged version. So I started my annual leave on the Friday at about 6 o'clock in the evening. About 11.30, started feeling crook as anything. And uh, the next day, I was in the hospital. Day after that, I had my appendix out. And the two-week recovery with that is not pleasant. I would not recommend it to anyone out there. Uh, it's just... A whole lot of wandering around, feeling really uneasy, feeling, yeah, just a, a lot of pain, but also just a lot of discomfort. And it's just not fun. And you're a trooper. You wanted to record kind of a day or two after, but it didn't <laughs> yeah, quite. That was probably a little bit optimistic. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. I, I appreciate the commitment to the cause. Oh, I just wish I could have sat in the same place for more than 15 minutes. Yes. But look, it is what it is. And there's a lot of people worse off out there than me. And I guess that's probably. I guess the way that I've been looking at it, but also kind of leads in, unfortunately, to the first thing we've got to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. So we'll probably scrap what caught your attention and what did you miss this year. We might change it to the opening bounce. And our opening bounce this week, well, it's a crazy story out of Buffalo, isn't it? It is. It's obviously one of the, the scariest incidents you'll see. Just one of those real freak incidents that honestly happens, what, hundreds of times every game. You've got a player basically taking the football, running full tilt towards What's his name? T. T. Higgins. T. Higgins. One right. of the Bengals' very good receivers. Yeah, yeah. Very good receiving core. Yeah. So he's basically running. DeMar Hamlin's gone make the tackle, and Higgins has put the head down and basically hit him in the chest. And it, it was just the wrong time. You know, I've heard doctors say that a millisecond either side of when it happened and he probably gets up and walks off like nothing had happened at all. Right, right. And normally it's the other way around. Normally it's the tackle not the tackler, that cops the worst of yes. it. Yes. But the offensive player actually... And look, 
we're not going to suggest that T Higgins did anything no, intentional it's or it's, no, no, no. it's not his fault. It's just, it's one of the risks of playing that, that game. It, isn't it, it? it is. And obviously like, you know, at the end of this, our thoughts will be with Demai Hamlin, but they're also with T Higgins. Cause obviously there's a lot of that guilt and you go back to the Phil Hughes incident and yeah, just... well, that's right. I mean, guys have been killed in boxing rings. The, the Phil Hughes is, is the obvious one here in Australia, but it, it has and does happen. And, and we're kind of in that moment where, and I remember it very well when the Hughes thing happened, where we're all sitting around after work sort of going, well, what's going to happen? Like, is he going to be okay? And that whole period of not knowing. And it it kind of looks as though Hamlin should be okay, touch wood. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he'll ever play again, but the... Prior to today, reports were still a bit, ooh, but today it's looking a little bit better. Yeah. So so fingers crossed and it, it, hopefully. It's a shame because he's only a rookie. Yeah. But so that might be his career done, but. Football is obviously secondary. Yes, indeed, life. indeed. It's, uh, yeah, look, it's it's not fun. Obviously, it's not a, a great story to have to start with, but it's the reality of sport is that injuries and things like that do happen from time to time. And and quite often they'll play on, like nearly always they'll play on and Skip Bayless, I don't know if you saw, but he's been copping a lot from a lot of players, ex-players, fellow media members. And look, he's a douchebag. I don't think he meant it the way that it kind of was. No, like, I don't know. necessarily think that either. And he's, he's a lightning rod. He's there for opinions yeah. and he's there to piss people off and to make people talk and clickbait and all that sort of stuff. I think what he was talking about is, 99 times out of 100, well, I mean, 999,000, like nearly every single time, play will go on. And it was really interesting to hear some people talk about it. A lot of people were saying it just felt different this time. Yeah. It really felt different this time. And and obviously, it's not every day you see someone getting CPR on a field. And so wiser heads prevailed and the NFL did the absolute right thing to postpone the game. Ideally, in a perfect world, it would have been a game between two teams that aren't playoff bound and they would just say, look, we're just cancelling the game. Doesn't matter. matter, It does. It's inconsequential. But actually, it's incredibly consequential because both teams could still be number one seed in the AFC. A Bills win would probably secure their division. Uh, well, even a, a Bengals win probably would have secured their division. So it's it, it was a it's a big game. There, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's implications everywhere. Yeah. But even then... It still doesn't matter. Oh, of course. No, 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 no. Of course. I'm just saying, ideally, it would have been great if they just gone, you know, we have to put that to bed, but they can't put it to bed because it has too many playoff implications. Ideally, you know, had had it been the Texans versus Colts, for example, they they could have just gone, okay, no result. But they can't do that in this case. Just assume the Colts would have lost and... Well, yeah, even though the Texans have only won one game this season. The Colts would find a way. They'd find a way. Uh, Have they won two? They might have won another one recently. But anyway, yes, they're both shit. They're shit is what we're saying. They're all shit. But no, look, honestly, thoughts and prayers with the Hamlin family and obviously, yeah, with T Higgins and everyone involved with that. It's not a fun place to be. And obviously, yeah, we wish him a speedy recovery. And look, hopefully there is a way that he can get back on the field because he's just doing what he loves. Absolutely. And from all accounts, he's... uh, And look, Whenever anything bad happens to someone, everyone always talks about how wonderful they are. That's not unusual. But from from all accounts, he really is wonderful. And he's done a lot for charity. And his charity has has earned a lot of money because a lot of people that love him and support him and uh, feel bad for him have donated to his charity. So some good has come out of it. It was like three million in a yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Absolutely yeah. nuts. Yeah. So... We've got a lot of content to get through. We're thinking we will probably split it between two episodes. So there'll probably be another episode coming out in the next few days. So keep an eye out for that one. And we might keep the rest of our opening bounce stuff for that one. The Sport Blokes are proud to announce a very special live event coming in the new year. Full Court Fitness and the Backlot Perth 
proudly present NBL Podcasts Live. Nathan Stewie will be joining the NBL Pocket Podcasters and superfan Nick Tan, and you should too. Come watch the Perth versus Tasmania game on the big screen and then stay for a live recording of the collaborative podcast. Wildcats member? Never fear. It's an away game, so you can join us too. So whether you're a Perthling or you're in the area on January 29, what are you waiting for? There are very limited seats available, so check out the link in the description and grab a ticket while you still can. So, Shree, let's get stuck into the NBA. My goodness, there's been some good stuff going on, hasn't there? There's been the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, that's true, actually. There's a lot to talk about. You're right. That's, that's a very the best way to put it, I think. Yeah. But some crazy individual performances. But let's start with the ugly first, I think, because there there is some ugly. There is. We saw, look, I don't know if Malice in the Palace 2 is the right. No, I don't think that's, no. It's it's as tempting as it is. It wasn't very malicious, was it? It was bad enough. A yeah. bit of a melee, but not... Not nearly Ron Artest lying on score tables and yeah, all that sort of stuff. Maybe Alice in the Palace. Yes. Because it was it wasn't quite as full on. I don't yes, know. Yes, and I don't think it's gonna be ruining guys' careers like it Jermaine O'Neill's career took a nosedive, as we've talked about previously. I think so Ron Artest was the only one who actually won out of that. Yeah, weirdly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah look, I suppose I mean the, the quick synopsis for anyone who has somehow missed this. Ball goes into the Orlando Magic backcourt. Mo Wagner's chasing it down. Killian Hayes looks like he's going to get to it first. Wagner hip and shoulders him into the Pistons bench. Hamadou Diallo shoves him. Hayes basically turns around and clocks him in the back of the head. This is Wagner. And I think there's a, a key detail is that Wagner did the old put up the hand and say, oh, oh, sorry, mate. Like he knew straight away he did the wrong thing, but none of the... The Pistons players really either saw that or responded or, to that. Or cared. They retaliated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the result is Hayes gets suspended three matches. Wagner two, Diallo one, and eight Magic players one game for leaving the bench. What do you make of that? Yeah, I think it's probably about right. Obviously, the the Magic one was really interesting because they had so many players suspended that they had to do the old. Luckily, it wasn't the playoffs like the Phoenix Suns yeah. from back in the yeah. early 2000s. The Robert Ory bumping Steve yeah, Nash in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they had to stagger it across two games yeah, as yeah. a result. I think it's probably about right. It, it's interesting because I guess if you go back to the Isaiah Stewart thing, why is Detroit always involved in these ones? Yeah, I, it's funny because I was just thinking, oh, I, I, I wish I'd looked at precedent because I'm trying to think of the last one. LeBron and Isaiah Stewart when he gave him a bit of a cheap shot. Yeah. And so, so what was I can't even remember. Was that three games or you no? Know, Isaiah Stewart got two. Two, okay. So that is, I guess, kind of a precedent. The the big thing for me though, and I think Hayes probably should have got four or five, is the punch to the back. Yeah. Of and we've seen example the big example that I always go back to, Richard Cologne. So he was a highly successful professional boxer, 16 and 0, 13, I think, by way of knockout. So he was a real successful guy, potential future uh, star star champion, whatever it would have been. And he gets involved in this fight. And basically the guy who he's fighting, I I didn't write his name down, but he was doing a lot of rabbit punching, which people who don't know is punching in the back of the head. And there were a number of them. Now, the umpire should have basically given him a warning on the first one, decided not to. There was a guy who was the the ringside doctor, let it go on. And there was, I don't know how many punches to the back of the head. It would have been double figures. And eventually the match is finished and they go back into the rooms and all of a sudden he starts vomiting and basically blacks out. And Did he lose the match? I th- actually can't remember. How ironic would it be if he'd won the match? I can't even remember if he'd yeah, won the match, yeah. to be honest. But the, the long story short, basically, to sum it up, is that he suffered a brain bleed 
and he's in a vegetative state and has been ever since. Yeah. And this happened nearly eight years ago. So, you know, the punch to the back of the head is what gets me on this one and why I just, there's no place for it. I get it. Killian Hayes is pissed off. I would have been pissed off too, but. <sighs> if you punch someone in the back of their head, you're, ba- you're as bad as them because it's a cheap shot, right? Yeah. And it to works. be honest, it was worse. Yeah, because it's a retaliation. And again, Wagner knew straight away that he did the wrong thing. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Look, for me... It wasn't a hard punch, but given the story you tell, yeah. 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 And I think Wagner, definitely two at the very least. Diallo, I got no problems with him getting one. He kind of escalated as well. But it's, yeah, it's the Hayes one for me. The one thing I did really like though was hearing John Mason the courtside announcer from the Pistons very quickly reminding people to stay in their seats they did not want to repeat of no. the, the proper malice in the palace yes and no one throwing water bottles yeah, or anything like that it, it's a horrible look and I, I'm glad that it stopped when it did but yeah, I mean even just watching Wagner get up and he looked a little bit proppy and I don't know if they maybe did a concussion test or what, but it's not a good look for the league. No. Well, you'd hope they'd do, they would have done a concussion test because they absolutely should in today's day and age. Mm. Not that it mattered because he got suspended and was kicked out of the game, obviously. Yeah, so, yeah. But, but still, but for his own health. You've yeah. got to do it. Yeah. Now, Nath, as you alluded to at the top, there have been some ridiculous performances over these past four weeks. I mean, I've lost count of the 40-point games. Oh, and 40-point games almost happen on a daily basis now. It's ridiculous. Much. Yeah. So, like, and people aren't even batting their eyelids at, at like Joel Embiid had what 42 and 13 or something the other day. Ah, oh, ho hum, you know, yeah. it's that's 30 less nearly than what's on of a ridiculous. I mean, just look, here's just an example, like a little snapshot of a few of these. So, Giannis had 55 and 10 a couple of days ago, following on from a 45, 22 and 7 game last week, and he also had back to back 40 20s, the first since Moses Malone in 1982. There you go. So, you and I are turning 40 this year. That was the year before our birth. Don't remind me. Yeah. Do you know the other thing as well? She had a quadruple double today, did Giannis? Did he? 30, I think it was like 32 points. Oh, with turnovers. 21 rebounds, 10 assists and 12 turnovers. Yeah. The fake quadruple doubles. Yes, the fake quad. Yeah. Then you had LeBron, 47 points, 10 assists and nine rebounds on his birthday. I think it was 10 rebounds, not assists. 10 and nine anyway, on his birthday, on his 38th birthday. Yeah, and in his 20th season. So 10 guys have played 20 seasons. Kobe averaged 17 points per game on 35% shooting. Dirk averaged 12 points per game. Kareem, 10. Yeah. LeBron is significantly more than that and playing better than Kobe was too. So it's just, it's outrageous. But to be fair, LeBron's not coming back off an Achilles injury as well. True. True. But he is, yes, just streets ahead. Nikola Jokic had a 41, 15 and 15 game. And as you say, no one really bats an eyelid. Yep. December 23rd saw five guys top 40 points. James Harden had a 20-21-11 game. Pascal Siakam had his first 50-point game. Devin Booker had a 58. Yeah, yep. And all of that is nothing compared compared to what we saw. Well, and also, Luka became the first player ever to have 250 points, 50 rebounds, and 50 assists over a five-game span. Yep. So listen to these stats. 51-6-9, and 35-12-13, and 60-21-10, that's the game where Dallas went on a 12-3 run in the last 30 seconds we'll, of regulation. We'll, we'll come back to that yeah. one. Yeah. Um, 32-9-9 and 58-10. And yep. It's insane. It is insane. Well, it, it, there was a six-game stretch. He had averages of 44.5, 11.3, and 9.8. Yep. And five of those six games were at 52% or higher from the field. So he's not just scoring mm. a lot, but he's shooting a really high percentage. He's being efficient. He's getting to the free-throw line. 
maybe not defensively amazing, but he's doing everything he possibly well, can. He's dragging that Mavericks team into the playoffs. He's certainly accounting for more than half their points basically every game. Yeah. Whether it be scoring or assisting. Yeah. It's crazy. Now, going back to that Knicks game, did you see it? I wish. <laughs> I wish. Was it on ESPN? No, but oh, okay. just just more like, did you see highlights? Obviously. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw the highlights. Like the bricked free throw was like perfect. Chef's kiss perfection, and it was kind of reminiscent of that recent Wildcats Melbourne game where the Wildcats really snatched victory from the jaws of defeat they with the, the rebound fortuitously kind of going to Blanchfield. But this was on a whole nother level to that, wasn't it? Yeah, like completely another level. Well, just the fact they're playing sort of almost like aerial ping pong with it, and then it just falls to Luca, who in one motion he. You could almost argue that he got fouled, but he basically just landed on the guy, hits the shot, gets up and acts like a five-year-old, you know, throwing his arms up and that ridiculous grin. Oh, how could you not? How could you not? No. No, I would strongly encourage people to go back and, I mean, there's a few games we're going to talk about that people would be well-placed well to look at the highlights if they haven't already. Well, the thing that makes this crazy is that Dallas, they were absolutely done and dusted in this game. So they, they were trailing by double figures most of the way through the fourth quarter. Still down by nine points, under 30 seconds left in the fourth. Now, I saw this stat. In the last 20 seasons, NBA teams trailing by nine or more, 35 seconds or less remaining, was zero and 13,884. Yeah, I saw that one too. <laughs> I, I mean, it's not surprising. It's not. It's not. Well, actually, I'm a little surprised there wasn't at least maybe one other win, but yeah. yeah. But even, like, I go immediately back to, like, the Rodney Rogers game where he's playing for Denver, they're down, I think they were down eight points with about 20 seconds left. And he hits a three, they get a steal, he hits another three, gets another steal, hits another three to put him up. And you're like, oh my God, Denver's going to win this. And then Jeff Malone comes down and hits a jump shot to win the game. It's like, fuck, we yeah. all uh, up for nothing. You've got to love those finishes though. Yeah, so it, it was crazy. And we almost saw another one of them today, funnily enough. Toronto. Yeah. My goodness. So they, they scored 28 points, I think it was, in the last three minutes of the game. Didn't you say there were seven points on one possession? Yeah, there was like a three. Gary Trent hits a three. <laughs> he basically got like a sack tap for Grayson Allen. And he concertinaed, sort of folded in on himself as he got hit. But he hits the three. They call it a flagrant. and he hits the free throw. They get it back and they hit another three. Nuts. It's, Absolutely nuts. To, to come back that much. But then they still lose the game. Yeah, yeah. To a good Milwaukee team. Yeah. Although, did you know Milwaukee won nine of their first 10 games? So when you look at their record, knowing that, they've actually been a bit average. Yeah, but no Drew Holiday. No, true, no, true. No Chris Middleton. So yeah, Middleton's been out for a while, yeah. It, yeah. Basically, they pack the paints in and just yeah. go, someone else beat us. And you can't, you can't help but think that in the regular season, Giannis settles a little bit more, whereas in the playoffs, he goes down low, expends more energy in the paint. So, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I still would put Milwaukee pretty high up in the championship contender. Oh, race. definitely, definitely. But the, the whole reason I brought that up is that that had never happened before that sort of nine-point comeback, and we nearly had two of them in the space yeah. of, what, like five or six days. It's it's crazy, isn't it, it? It is crazy. And also, going back to what you were saying about the, the chef kiss on the free throw, you'll be very, very happy. He did it again against your Spurs. Yes, yeah, yesterday. Or well, very recently, the last ago, couple of yeah. days, yeah. So you yeah. can you can thank uh, Trey Jones, uh, who missed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've we've had a couple of near misses in the yeah. last few days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys beat us too, which was good. Yeah, yeah. We beat fucking Boston. Beat him by thirty three. That was I actually caught some of that game last night on replay, and the most impressive thing about that was it was a lot of the bench guys that were doing a lot of the damage. 
So you had SJI out, you had Poku out. I think you might have had at least one or two others. Yeah, uh, Robinson Earl was out. Yeah, yeah. And I love Isaiah Joe, by the way. Yeah, he's pretty good. Isn't he, he? I, that is a fun team. It's a fun team. Unpopular opinion. Yeah. We're actually better without SGA because the ball moves more. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, he'd be a good trade piece. If, no, you've got to keep him. We're a more talented team with him, but we're probably a better team without him. It's, it's really weird. And Josh Giddy had what twenty five five and five in twenty four minutes oh, or something. Good shooting as well. He was ten of thirteen. Yeah. So there's. So how's this? So he's the second youngest player to a thousand points, five hundred rebounds, and five hundred assists at twenty years, seventy eight days. Second only to LeBron, who was nineteen years, three hundred and twenty six days. Giddy's December averages fifteen point eight points per game, nine point three rebounds per game, five point three assists per game on forty nine percent field goal, forty three percent three point, and ninety percent free throw shooting. So Giddy's going gangbusters. He's, he's trending up. He really is. He, yeah, he is. And this is this is the thing, though. This is why I want Victor Wembanyama so much. Because you imagine putting him with that. Well, yeah, of course. But <laughs> you're too talented. You're too talented. Yeah. Maybe the gods will look down and go, you know what? They should have tanked, but they didn't. Let's give him Victor. It's not going to happen. No. Anyway. You can hope. That was a that was a pretty decent tangent we went on there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look. Yeah, yeah. Lots to get through. Let's get to the other one. Donovan Mitchell. Yes. Holy shit. Holy shit indeed. Yeah. So I knew that it was a high scoring game, but you messaged me and said, Oh, welcome to the David Robinson Club. Yeah. To Donovan Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, so do, were you thinking quad double or what were you thinking no, when no, I said no, were you no, thinking no, 71? No, I, yeah. just, I went straight to 71. Yeah. I'm like, I knew he was on a good number. I knew he was in the 50s in the fourth quarter, but I didn't realize it went to overtime because the the Cavs were down by a good amount. And that's the crazy thing too. So last I last I checked, he was on forty something, and then because I was at work, I didn't get to look closely. And then when I saw the final, I'm like, "Holy shit! What yeah. happened?" Yeah, it's <laughs> insane. So obviously, yeah, the the third seventy point game, I think, of this millennium, basically. Like, so we've had Kobe have his eighty one, Devin Booker, Devin Booker had his seventy, and obviously this one. The key difference though is that they won the game. They didn't have his teammates fouling the opposition to keep the clock stopping so that he could score points like Devin Booker's and Devin and David Robinson. Really? That's yeah. That, well, the Spurs won the game though. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was to win the scoring title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah they yeah. were fouling the Clippers. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, I forget that. I have yeah. seen the game, but I forget that. Yeah. But but that's the difference though. They actually won as well. They did. Yeah. Well, I mean, Kobe and the Lakers won against Toronto. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, Booker's is the odd one out. Yeah. It, it is. But interesting thing about this. So those three guys, all shooting guards, all drafted at number thirteen in the draft. <laughs> wow. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. He scored or assisted on 99 points for the Cavs. Yeah. The record is Wilt, 104. So second only to Wilt. two assists in a 100-point game. Yeah, probably, yeah. yeah, probably. It probably is. It must be, actually. It would have, yeah, been, yeah. Would have to yeah. And did you see the Robin Lopez tweet? Yes. I'm going to get it out of the way and point out that Donovan Mitchell and Robin Lopez combined for 72 tonight. Hashtag historic game. Did you see they got drug tested the next day? And did you see he wrote hashtag? He didn't use a hashtag. <laughs> Yeah, but they got, they got drunk tested the next yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, who was it recently? There was someone in the NFL that had a massive game and then, like, surprisingly got yeah. drunk tested the very next day and he was laughing about it. It's never sweat. random. Yeah. One of the things... Sometimes, that, but not always. Well, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that I did want to talk about, though, with this performance is if you look at the other guys that have kind of scored 71 or more, only David Thompson and Wilt Chamberlain have shot the ball at a higher clip. So Mitchell was somewhere around like 647, I think it was, from the field. Ridiculous percentage. When you consider the fact that when Thompson and Chamberlain, I mean, Chamberlain was never a three-point shooter anyway, 
Well, three-point line didn't even exist. Well, it didn't exist when Thompson had his either. So it came in, I think it was a season or two after that. Right. So even for Thompson being a shooting guard, small forward sort of guy, he wasn't taking any any of these shots. Mitchell, 15 of the 34 shots he took were threes. And a lot of them were heavily, heavily contested. And how, I think it hit 11 of them or something. How many uh, did I think it was seven. It's ridiculous when you look at that as a shooting performance and go, he was taking all of those crazy tough threes and still shooting that sort of clip. It's, it's nuts. It is nuts. Absolutely it is nuts. nuts. So I, I didn't see the game. I wish I, I wish I had. And I don't think it was on ESPN. No. But I, I heard Bill Simmons the other day. Like He was surprised. He said they weren't doubling him. Yeah, it's so so that's interesting. Well, they were they were putting size on him, so they put Derek Jones Jr. on him, but that sort of six nine length, yeah, yeah. long wingspan, yeah. and it wasn't making a difference. At some point, you do you have to look. Well, you got to double and make him give the ball up. Yeah, you have to say, look, you know what? If like Shetty Osman beats us, oh yeah, anyone, Karis Levert beats yeah. us. Like they were missing Garland and Mobley, so they were missing two starters, two of their best players. Yeah. So yeah, sensational effort. It is now. I will point out, I, I wrote this before the league came out and basically talked about this. I hate to be that guy, but this game should never have gone to overtime. The first thing I noticed, the Cavs down two, four and a half seconds left, Mitchell on the line. He's got one free throw left. The only play, obviously, is to miss it intentionally. Yeah, yeah. Get your own rebound. Do a Luka Doncic, effectively. Yeah. And as soon as he put the shot up, I'm like, he broke. He went in miles, but he'd taken two steps before the ball had even got to the rim. And all of a sudden, he's diving in, getting the rebound and putting it in. That's pretty poor from the refs to miss that. It, it is. And there was obviously a lot of complaints from the Bulls bench, but you can't review something like that if it hasn't been called. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. yeah. So, yeah. It, look, don't get me wrong. I prefer a 71-point story to 56 in a loss. It's way, way, way cooler to talk about. But it was a violation. Yeah, it was yeah. clear as day. Yeah. So, no, look, amazing effort, though, from Luca, Donovan Mitchell, and so many other guys, which kind of really is a good segue into something that I know you hate. It's crazy looking at the MVP tracker right now. I'm glad you acknowledge that because, because it's less than 42 games, so it's less than halfway. Nathan, you know what I mean. Let me have a look. <laughs> so we're nearly there. Teams are hovering around the 37, 38, 39 game mark. It's starting to get a bit relevant. Even, yeah, a little bit. Even you have to admit, it's a little bit. But like when I look at it, and, and what I mean when I say it's crazy to look at it, you've obviously got front runners in Nikola Jokic and Luka Doncic. And there's this trailing pack of like Joel Embiid, Giannis, Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum's averaging nearly 31 and eight rebounds. And he's got about a 2.7% chance listed at the moment. Before Steph Curry's injury, he would have been high on the list too. Yeah. Even SGA. Yeah, has oh, to be considered, but no, he'd be in a, in a lower tier. He's averaging 31, 5, and 6, and he's not even listed in the top 10. Well, there are nine different players currently averaging 25, 5, and 5. It's nuts. Are, it? are people playing defense? <sighs> I'm not watching, I'm probably only watching one game a week at this stage. I'm like a lot of American people where my watching ramps up after the NFL. Yeah. Because obviously the NFL playoffs are only a couple of weeks away now, so I'm, I'm watching as much of that as I can. So I must admit, I haven't seen a ton of NBA yet. I don't know how much you've seen, but like, is this, are people playing D or, or what's they, changed? I think they are. I just think the offensive players are just getting that much better. You've got looking, okay, let's look at Luca in particular. The array of moves that he has, the way that he creates separation, defenders just can't do anything with it. There's, I mean, there's only so much you can do. Like he'll, he'll do this little move where he'll kind of, circle around on the baseline, get to maybe 10 feet out. And when he comes to a stop, 
the difference between him taking a step back fade away and throwing a head fake and then stepping through for a layup, it's so minuscule that the best defenders in the world are having to guess. It's a 50-50 chance. You either get it right, and if you get it right and you stop him, he's going to kick it out yeah, anyway. Yeah. So I think you basically, you're at a hiding to nothing. I, I would not want to be a defender. Like they were talking to Quentin Grimes of the Knicks after the game where he torched him for 60. And he said, he's like, honestly, I was trying to guard him. Like I'm trying. He's just that good. Yeah, he is. He so is. yeah, I think to answer your question, the defense is not necessarily getting worse. I think the offense is just getting that much better. Well, and I think that the talent pool is really strong too. Yep. So even though guys like LeBron are getting older, if you look at the next draft, it's meant to be really good. So it's it's a really good time for basketball at the moment. It, it is. I mean, if you as I say, just sort of going back to this MVP race for a second, Luca's basically averaging 34, 9, and 9 on over 50%, and he's probably not going to win MVP. That's fucked. It, well, <laughs> again, less than halfway, it's hard to know because, as I said, Steph would have been one of the front runners before he got injured. Injuries can derail a, a MVP performance pretty quick. The other thing is, of course, the standings. But the standings are really interesting too, aren't they? So the Denver Nuggets are 24 and 13, first in the West. Luca, his team, Dallas, 22 and 16 in fourth place. But even the Utah Jazz are basically 500, 19 and 20, and they're in 10th place. So there's not a hell of a lot separating one and 10. The East's not as bad, but Boston, 26 and 12, Brooklyn, 25 and 12. They had a 12 game winning streak snapped by Chicago, of all teams. Yeah, I think they're actually 25 and 13 now. Okay, oh, that might be before the Chicago game. This might be from yesterday, actually. Yeah, yeah I think you're right, actually. Um, but then, you know, Indiana, 21 and 17 in sixth place. Miami are currently in seventh. You'd have to think they'll climb. So so I think the standings might play a part in the MVP as a bit of a tiebreaker. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look like in the East, I mean, there's, what, two games basically in the loss column separating Boston in first and Philly in fifth. Well, that's right. Exactly. So, yeah, it's it's all over the place at the moment. And look, I would absolutely love one day, I think we will do a deep dive into this, you know, some of these MVP snubs over the years. Oh, like, yeah. Yep. Like Dave Cowens over Kareem in 72, 73, Steve Nash over Kobe in 05, 06. I know Bill Simmons always talks about the Rick Barry snub one year in the 70s as well. Yeah. It's and, in his book and everything. And the one I always talk about, Bill Russell winning it over Wilt Chamberlain and Oscar Robertson. Seems to be a lot of the Celtics players getting these MVPs they probably shouldn't have. Well, again, winning helps. But this is going to be one of these years where you could actually make a legitimate case for seven guys. Well, and to go a little bit beyond that, there will be some very good players that don't make even the third NBA. Yes, the All-NBA third team. Very, very true. So and The All-Star team. Yeah, and the All-Star team too, for yeah. that matter. Yeah, yeah. let's just hope there aren't too many J-pop yeah, I was going to say, I was just about to say. in the entire Golden State Warriors. Well, they've got rid of that, thankfully. Yeah, yeah, thankfully. Drew Wiggins, honestly. Well, he kind of justified it in the end with the finals, but no, yeah. he was not an All-Star. No, yeah. he was not. Yeah. Now, I kind of want to rant a little bit about one of the guys who's in the MVP race, Jason Tatum. Okay. So the Celtics have kind of had a little bit of a rough trot. They were dominating the league. They're, what, 5-5 five and five in their last 10. I think they're 5-7 and seven in their last 12, funnily enough. OKC, as I said, put them to the sword the other day. They lost twice at home to Orlando, including December 19th, when Jason Tatum took the game off to attend his son's fifth birthday party. It's certainly a different league these days, isn't it? It is. I read something recently that said that if Michael Jordan in his last season played in the NBA today, he would lead the league in minutes. Probably. He played all 82 games and averaged 37 minutes a game. Wow. Yeah, that's nuts. So it's just a different time, 20 <laughs> it, years. It is. 
Now, there's a lot of people that have actually been praising him online. So, oh, you know, that's a great dad move. You play 82 games a season, but you're only going to get one fifth birthday party and stuff. Fifth? Yeah. Who gives a shit about a fifth? Well, I mean, look. I mean, I don't have kids, but <laughs> like fifth, it's not a milestone. Like, I get it, but the, the big thing for me is the fact that the Celtics are in the middle of a seven-game homestand at the time. So- well, he probably thought they'd win. They just lost to them. They lost to them literally the day before. I, I look at this and I say, you have had the scheduling for months. Surely you look at that and you go, okay, we're playing on the Sunday. Let's have the party on the Saturday instead. So it's still on a weekend. We're not missing out on all of that. And Well, that, that's good for kids. Yeah. Because you get two days of birthday. You get the real thing and then you get the party. Exactly. Most kids have a party on a weekend anyway. Well, exactly. Yeah. It's weird. This it is, is weird. It is weird. Yeah. The, the reason I'm so frustrated about this is, on, like, on top of the fact that Orlando had just beaten them at home, and then came out and beat them again at home. If you go back last season, they they got a taste of the NBA Finals. They didn't have home court advantage in the finals because they finished two games behind the Golden State Warriors. Two games. No, you're absolutely right. They might have won if they had home court. They might have. Oh, look, they might, they might have been Spanish champions. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, like, two games out of 82, that's the difference between having it. Everyone sort of talks, oh, you know, the 82 games, they're not all important. Every single one of these games means something. Like that, And this is why you talk to the greats like Jordan, and he never sat games out. Mm. These games all mean something to him. And, I mean, okay, at the moment, yeah, they're sitting top of the Eastern Conference, but those losses are starting to pile up. Milwaukee's started to play some pretty decent ball. Brooklyn's on fire at the moment. Cleveland and Philly could easily jump them too. So easily jump them. All of a sudden, they could they could very conceivably drop down to fifth in a couple of weeks. And shock horror, then you don't have home court advantage yep. in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And there's every likelihood you get knocked out. So I just, for me, I look at that and I just say that is a guy who really isn't quite there as far as that winning mentality. Do you reckon Kobe Bryant would have done that? Fuck no. Well. Not a chance. He, he was wearing Lakers sweatbands while wearing a Boston uniform. <laughs> Fuck That's, that. I just look. Fuck that. I just know that. Bad karma. That, that, like those ruthless killer guys would never have done that. No. And have, have, all power to them. Have the party the next day. Anyway. Yeah, no, it's fair. It's fair. So let's finish with some quick hits. Dame Lillard became the franchise leader for the Portland Trailblazers in points scored, for example. There's been some interesting trade rumors. A lot of guys are eligible to be traded for the first time now. James Harden has allegedly requested a, well, apparently he signaled his intentions. It's very different to requesting a trade. But there's rumors that he might go back to Houston. If you're the Houston Rockets, is there a single universe where you make that trade? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because if you think about it, it would have to be a package involving Jalen Green and Eric Gordon. And the reason for that, Harden's on like... What, There's no way they're trading green. That, no way. That's what I'm saying. Is like yeah. That's the caliber of player. If, you know, if you're making that trade, Philly's not going to do it. Unless, of course, you can throw in like a Tyrese Maxey who's still on his rookie contract as well. You could maybe make a package of like Jalen Green, Eric Gordon, and one other young player for Harden and Maxey. Oh, you'd, you'd lots of picks. You'd have to throw in lots of picks. And but why? Why I would you? I still don't do it because Jalen Green is one of the most exciting young guys in the league. But to make that work, obviously because of the amount of money that Harden's got. And look, Harden's turning 38 this year. He is nowhere near the MVP player he was in 2018. He's still bloody good. But to have to mortgage a future in terms of getting rid of Jalen Green 
who has really, really started to look like the sort of guy that everyone expected when he got drafted. I, I just can't see a way that that would possibly work. Now, I think the more likely thing is that he opts out because he can opt out. But see, I still wouldn't sign him because one, his age, as you mentioned, but he'll stunt the growth of the young players. You want to be giving them as many minutes as possible. And you don't want, okay, yes, he he's a very capable point guard, but he can be pretty selfish too. I, I feel like he'd stunt the growth of the young guys. All right. What about a hypothetical? What if he signs for a veteran's minimum? Which he's not going to do. I will well, yeah, of course. You of course you'll take him on a veteran's minimum because it's it's low risk, high reward. So if you can just John Wall him, put him behind the wall. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. So so there is a there is a tipping point. You can harden the wall, if you will. But but yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. As the salary goes up, then no, I would not sign him. Yeah. And no, I would not commit, I don't know, a third of my cap to him. I mean, he's on 33 mil this this season, for example. All right, what would you give him? What would be your ceiling to, to sign Harden? As a, if I were the Rockets? If you're the Rockets. Well, he wouldn't accept it. So I, don't, I think it's moot. Well, let's just say. I, I, the, I don't know. Let's I just mean, say he has a, a brain aneurysm and just forgets what money's worth. Like, <laughs> what what's a number that you would go up to? Uh, it's a good question. 10? Yeah, maybe 10. 10, I mean, 10 isn't that much in the NBA yeah, these days. That's say, the funny even thing. Even 15, you'd probably... Yeah, prefer. yeah, yeah. But it would have to be a short term. But again, though, there'd be the expectation that he'd play lots of minutes, and then and what does that do for the young guys? True. Yeah, it's an interesting little thought, this one. I mean, look, my my dislike of James Harden is well documented. It, yeah, so, trumps everything, doesn't it? <laughs> so, I mean, I've seen recently that the Spurs were second best odds to get him if he opted out, and the Spurs were also mentioned with Trey Young. I do not want to touch either of those yeah. players. No way. God, you've gone from having like one of the best defensive backcourts in the history of the league to having oh, the no, world. No, it's, it's not going to happen, but it's just interesting that, I mean, the Spurs will have a shitload of cap room. Yeah. But I mean, the, the, the best free agent's Kyrie Irving. He's a basket case too. So yeah. it's going to be an interesting offseason. A basket case who's on a real tear right oh, now. Oh, he's playing well, but would you want him on your team? And and he, he's, a, he's a chemistry failure at the drop of a hat. He can become volatile at, at any given moment. He should go MIA in any given moment. So it's great. It's great while things are going well, but I don't know. Oh, I love the NBA. So much good stuff going oh, on. The, the great thing is that even the shitty teams are going okay. Orlando's competing. The Spurs are losing close ones, but they're competing. As you mentioned, OKC were, I mean, I think OKC are a step above, as I said all along. But Detroit had a really big win in Golden State today. They swept the season series with Golden State. And Golden State's only lost two home games all season. Mm. Their, their home and away record is nuts. It must be one of the biggest disparities in the in the history of the game, especially if they keep up this trend. 17 and 2 at home, 3 and 16 on the road. See, I remember a while back us talking about a team that was like that as well. But yeah, that is absolutely insane. That I mean, you're talking about the best home record in the league. You're talking about an away record that's worse than the Houston Rockets and probably worse than Detroit. Yep. Detroit have won five on the road and five at home. So they have the worst away record in the league and the best home record. They do. That's- and again, Steph is injured. But, you know, Clay had a 54 the other day. He's gone all right. So yeah, Not bad. Yeah. Not bad at all. <laughs> Ah, good times. So as I mentioned at the top there, Stewie, the World Cup is a little bit in the rearview mirror now, but we have to address it. It was last year. It was. It was last year. (laughs) It was. Crazy thing. I I saw a stat that Bayern and Inter Milan, I think it was, have had at least one player in the World Cup final for the last 40 years. Wow. I think that's what it was, yeah. I suppose that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, good, yeah. Two very good sides, but still, yeah. 
Wow, that is that is impressive. And speaking of two very good sides, it was a pretty good game in the end, wasn't it? Started a bit slow, but uh, Argentina winning in penalties. It was fantastic. And and I, I do have to say, I feel like I nailed the preview of this whole World Cup because I said right at the start, it's going to be fantastic on the field and a bit of a shit show off. It. Yeah. And I, and, I, and, I, and I think it was. Yeah. But, but you're right. Like The final was as good a final as you could hope for. These finals are usually these really boring defensive games because no one wants to be the guy that makes the mistake that leads to the goal. I remember watching in 2014 in Riga, I think it was in Latvia, watching the final between uh, Argentina and Germany. And sure enough, 1-0 in extra time. Mario Gotze with this crazy volley from a ridiculous angle. And it was, for the most part, a bit meh. But France, they were shell-shocked in the first half. Yeah, they they really Mbappe was maybe the only one playing any well, but even he wasn't wasn't his amazing. usual form. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. Amazing. I mean, look, during the headlight stuff early. Yeah, I mean, early penalty like seventeen minutes in, I think it was, or twenty minutes in. There was a bullshit penalty for both teams. I'm glad that both teams had a bullshit penalty. Well, I thought so. It's hard because it doesn't take much for it to be legitimate. But look, the the goal that Argentina scored, the second one was was superb. But then you go back the other way in the second half. Kylian Mbappe, as you say, like proves his class. The second goal that he scored as well, brilliant volley. So it goes to extra time. Do you know there were seventeen yellow cards? Going, I'm pe- t- talking about the penalties. Was it really? Yeah. Jeez. That World was, Cup final record. That. That's lots. Yeah, it is lots. That it's is a lot. hell of a lot. Yeah. But this is where I do get a bit frustrated with soccer. I, I personally, I hate seeing these things finish in penalties. Yeah, as a kid, I really like them, but it's a bit, it's, it's not a great way. It's a yeah, painful way to yeah. lose. I personally wonder if going into those extra times, you should have the option of it's a golden goal. Basically, if there's a goal scored in that first, in that 30 minutes, then that's it. If it's still tied after the 30 minutes and no goals have been scored, then you go to penalties. I think that's a better way of Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Because it's, it just, it does, it sucks to see that. I mean, obviously, if you're the team that wins, it's elation. It's all of that sort of stuff. But... And Argentina's keeper was excellent. Yes, absolutely. I mean, all their players were really good in the in the shootout. But yeah, but you don't. Yeah, you hate to see that sort of, especially when it's younger players that miss. You know, 19, 20 year olds missing these penalties when the weight of for France. I mean, what nearly a hundred million people. The weight of that on your shoulders. Oh, well, I know favourites too, so mm-hmm. there'll be a lot of disappointed people. Yeah. yeah. Not that Argentina were terrible no, by any stretch. Absolutely not. I mean, and Messi was brilliant as well. Yeah. What a swan song for him well, in that, the World Cup. That's the finishing touch on his goat resume. Let's be honest. That's what many are saying. Yeah, I, I don't feel qualified to talk about soccer goats, but and obviously Pele passed away recently, yes. and he'd be right up there right as up, well. But um, a fascinating career he had. He played in the States at the end of his career for one of the New York teams, I think oh, it was. Okay. Yeah, really interesting, and kind of. Lightning struck again with Beckham much later on, um, obviously. But yeah, I, I for me, I really enjoyed the tournament. Um, I watched quite a lot, but I was ready by the end of it. And some people were saying that's the best match of all time, if definitely the best final of all time, if not the best match of all time. As someone who's not a soccer fan, if that's the best match of all time, I'm happy to wait another four years for the yeah, next one. No, that's fair. I, I'd done. I'd. I'd kind of reached my end with the soccer by by that final. But it was yeah, a great final. It, it was, it yeah. was. And obviously, spare a thought for Mbappe. He scores a hat-trick in a World Cup final and loses. Yeah, true. Rough. Yeah, yeah, no, he was magnificent in the end, yeah. I did want to quickly mention a couple of the off-field things, though, and what we kind of spoke about. 
we did speak earlier about how subpar the accommodation was. And when I say earlier in previous episodes, obviously, we also had a couple of deaths of journalists, including Grant Wall. That looked really iffy for a while. It kind of had like a, a Bob Woolmer sort of feel to it. Well, it was the day after he was talking about how basically the Qatari government didn't give a shit about poor people dying in harsh conditions. I think there was a bloke fell off scaffolding or something and there was well, no safety equipment or something. I've got something on that. Yeah. Segment, so I, the timing was really iffy. And he got kicked out for having one of the... The rainbow, the, rainbow the pride thing. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. So there was a little bit of concern. Look, it's been said that it was a legitimate passing, a legitimate... Well, his wife, his wife came out and tweeted, I remember seeing it, that it was there was no foul play. So it's it's sad. But hopefully that's true. You hope it's true, definitely. Yeah. But uh, yeah, one of the other things that I think you, this is kind of potentially, well, this might or might not be the thing that you're alluding to, but uh, there was an incident where a Filipino migrant worker died from a head injury from a forklift accident. Right, I okay. Don't, I don't know. That could have been something completely different because a number of people lost their lives. Uh, in the I, I suspect that's probably the one Wall was talking about the day before he passed. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing that shocked me about that was the attitude of the committee with this. So they, the CEO of the committee, Nasser Al-Qatar, was interviewed by the BBC and asked about that death. And his response was, we're in the middle of a World Cup and we have a successful World Cup and this is something that you want to talk about right now. I mean, death is a natural part of life, whether it's at work, whether it's in your sleep. Of course, a worker died. Our condolences go to his family. However, it's strange that this is something that you wanted to focus on as your first question. Now, how heartless. Firstly, (laughs) death is not a natural part of being at work. No. (laughs) Like you you and I have put in what, like 45 plus years of work between the two of us. Probably more. Probably. No, definitely more. Yeah. We've both been working. I think my first job was 13 or 14. Oh, Jesus. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah. So we put in a lot. Probably, yeah. Probably nearly 50 years anyway. And, you know, I don't know if I've been at any jobs where it's been normal for someone to die. No, like, no. Like, that's really, yeah. And it says a lot if that's normal, if that's what the committee feels. It says a lot about them and the cavalier attitude they've got about life. Well, and, and it's that. easy for them in the ivory towers. It's, yeah. it's basically saying that these poor people are worthless, basically. Yeah. Not worthless, but worth less oh, both, than rich really. people. But yeah, I yeah. mean, a very callous, very, very horrible attitude yeah. and just shitty response. I mean, even if even if he believed that about the question, just play it with a straight bat. Yeah. Say it's a terrible thing. Well, he got half of it right. He said our condolences yes. our condolences go to his family. That's what he is, just stick with it. Like that that is it. Like it's yep. a, it's horrible that anyone has to pass away for us to enjoy what has been as he said, a successful World Cup. It's been a great spectacle. On the pitch, yeah, the field. yeah. Have we got it 100% right? No. It, it Very rarely does anything go perfectly. Well, that's right. But as a nation, look, I don't know if Qatar qualifies as first, second, whatever world, but, I mean, they're a very rich nation, but the gap between... Oh, you're developing versus, yeah, I'm yeah. not sure. Either. I mean, but the gap between the, the haves and the have-nots like so many nations in that part of the world, is vast. Mm. It's it's just a chasm, basically. Mm. So, yeah, it, it's a shame that they don't seem to give a shit about that stuff. But for, from my point of view, obviously the condolences to any of the families that lost anyone. I mean, that's... Oh, of course. It sucks that they're just going to try and earn a few a few dollars or uh, Qatari reals, I guess, would be the, the currency. But it's a shame because it does kind of put a little bit of a sour taste on what, as we've said, was a very successful on the pitch world cup but good on the journalist for asking the question you can't turn a blind eye to this stuff yeah 
and they were awarded the World Cup in somewhat controversial circumstances. They were. So you gotta you gotta hold them to account. And they moved the goalposts on some of the stuff anyway, as we know and we've talked about. So yep. yeah, I dare say, Shui, that my uh soccer watching will probably largely be confined to welcome to Wrexham from here on. Have you heard uh, about that? The uh the Ryan what's his name? I can't even think of his bloody Ryan Reynolds Ryan and, and I, had Ryan, uh, I had Ryan Roberts and Ryan Repair in my head. <laughs> Ryan Repair looked good yesterday, didn't he? He did. Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. i got to say, I actually smashed through season one in two nights. Wow. It's very addictive. Okay. And I've actually avoided Wrexham results because I don't want it to be spoiled. I want to see the human drama on series two. Yeah, nice. It's worth a lot. Even if you don't like soccer, it's worth oh. I mean, I'm not a massive fan oh. and it captivated me. I like it. Yeah. I do like it. Yeah. No, it's definitely worth a look. Now, what's really sad is that after Australia's incredible performance only losing by one goal to the eventual champions, as we so often seem to do in the World Cup. My mind immediately went to the Italian dive. Of course, of course, of course. Many minds did. The A-League has just managed to ruin the goodwill almost immediately by making the decision to host the grand final in Sydney for the next three years. And wow, what a shit show it's become. It's such a weird one as well because, look, I can't imagine that the A-League is particularly profitable. I mean, they lost Hyundai as a sponsor a few years back and the crowds are not massive, certainly by stretches if you compare it to the AFL or you compare it to even the NBL in certain cities. It's not particularly big. I think the issue was that the league tried to pass it off by saying they're trying to create a tradition like they've got in Melbourne, you know, similar to the way the AFL always has the grand final at the MCG as long as there's no COVID, basically. Yes. Personally, if they'd just been transparent, they've given three grand finals for a sum of about $10 million. That's a good rate. 15. So it's 15 over three. There you go. Yeah. Just be transparent with that, though. Well, exactly. Don't treat fans like fucking idiots. They can see right through this stuff. I mean, they talked about the, the pilgrimage to Wembley. Someone got a Google Maps thing showing the difference from London to Wembley versus Perth to Sydney, for example. Now, the glorious shit this season. Hmm. But that at its most extreme, Perth plans... Well, that's right. That's right. And it was four hours versus 41 hours or something ridiculous. You know what I mean? It's ridiculous. It's just outrageous. But even so, even that's a bit weird too, because a lot of people said... So, for example, I've got a number of tweets here... I'm going to rely on other people more because I'm not a massive soccer fan. But Nathan Jones, for example, pretty sure not the former AFL. It's a bit of hair on that noggin there. So it's not a demon. But he said 15 million over three years is peanuts compared to the 140 millions from Silver Lake or the 200 million from Paramount. Are we that strapped for cash that $400,000 per club per season is needed? Christ. And they might well be. They might well be. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if that was the case. So, it, like, Well, what about the goodwill, though? And what about losing the fans? And we'll talk about that in a second as well. Yeah, but, but again, if they'd just been transparent and said, you know what, this is a case where we need the money and three years is not a particularly long period of time. It certainly would have gone down better. I think so. It would have. So Vince Vergari tweeted, 10 days ago, Garang Kual almost pushed Australia into extra time in the World Cup's round of 16 against Argentina. Now we're talking about the structure of the APL board and the Crawford report. Unbelievable. I love this one from Corbin Middlemass. For all the hand-wringing about other footy codes and mainstream media, no one does a better job at holding Australian Association football back than themselves. Crabs in a bucket. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, crabs in a bucket. Uh, Corbin Wildmouse is a great. Fucking sensation. He is a very, very good sports He's journalist. An absolute legend. And Shout that, out to Corbin. That was funny too. Joey Lynch. No relegation, a salary cap, an uneven fixture, half the league makes finals, and now a reduction to the rewards for finishing first. Mediocrity is less a curse than a viable long-term strategy. Yeah. Worst decision in the history of the A-League? Melbourne Victory supporters said that. We'll talk about them in a second. Cubes67 said, Is this an April Fool's tweet sent on the wrong date? Great way to get the metrics up on socials. Stephen Carlian. It takes incredible talent, perseverance, and sheer grit to kick yourself in the own balls, but you've done it. Congratulations. <laughs> Tony Atala, when are we rebranding to the Sydney League? And it just goes on and on. I was all over Twitter when the decision was made. I was all over Twitter when the Melbourne victory thing happened. And that's really sad too. Lucy Zelich has been in the, she was, she was on the SBS coverage of the World Cup. At the time, the APL agreed in principle that an independent model was the direction in which they would go. All of that changed the minute they gained control. Football in this country is a dirty, rotten game controlled by egomaniacs enchanted by their own wealth, power and credence. They have preyed on the purists and fed on their passion, loyalty and love at every turn. I am neither surprised nor shocked that the APL have doubled down on their decision to continue their partnerships with New South Wales. It's too late to go back now. So there's just so much discussion. Average A-League after Socceroos World Cup campaigns. 2010, 10,000. 2014, 18,000. 2018, 16,000. 2022, under 6,000. So I guess in summary, the fans were pissed. Oh, yeah. And even the fans in Sydney and New South Wales. So they staged these walkouts at the 20-minute mark, which is what was meant to happen. The Newcastle Jets in New South Wales, not a hell of a long trip between Newcastle and Sydney, should they make the grand final. Good on them. They walked out. Now, it got interesting because I had heard that the Victory fans were going to do the same thing, have that formal protest and walk out early in the derby. But apparently, the fans had planned on Instagram and a couple of the social media platforms to storm the pitch and along the way kind of attack the players because, quite frankly, most of these guys are nothing short of hooligan scum, let's be honest. I struggle to think of a sport other than soccer that has more fans that are there, probably more to cause trouble than even give a shit about the game. Filipino basketball. Oh, don't say that. We love you, Quesado. <laughs> no, that, like, shout out to Thon Maker and Liu Kang. That's yeah. The, that's legitimately the only other event that I can think of where things kicked off with the fans was that that one event and I mean, Palace in the Palace that we talked about that, recently. Yeah. But no, but I, I don't know. It's sometimes just like some blokes go out on the piss looking for a fight. It seems like some soccer fans go out just to cause trouble. Yep. Are they even soccer Absolutely. fans? Absolutely. They, they once again ruin it for everyone. They, they've proven that they are the worst group of fans in the world of any sport. Anyway, basically what's happened. So City goalkeeper Tom Glover had flares thrown at him. He's thrown them back. And soon enough, scores of quote fans invade the pitch. One of them hit Glover in the head with a bin, gave him a concussion, well, lacerations to the face. Can we go backwards a little bit first? So a lot of people are saying they stormed the pitch because he threw the flares back into the stands. Now, one of them went over kind of some advertising but didn't go into the stands. Apparently one did go into the stands, but it's not like he pegged it. He, like, underarmed it from memory. They threw it first. And as you say, exactly. Exactly. Is he, is he supposed to play the game with a flare going off around? Like and, and and if if it's true, I didn't know about the social media thing where they were planning to storm the pitch. If that's true, then that totally flies in the face of it exactly. too, doesn't it? Yeah. It's null and void. Yeah. Yep. So as I say, after all of that, the game's eventually been abandoned. 
And the league has handed out, among others, the following sanctions to Melbourne Victory. No tickets sold for home matches, only club members can attend. Both active bays closed for home matches and for away games, only members and supporters of the home team are permitted to enter. 10 people were banned, two were given life bans. A couple of people turned themselves in, which is good. Yeah. I mean... Shows some level of... Some level of... Yeah, of contrition. Yeah. But, like, what do you make of those sorts of sanctions? It's tough, isn't it? Because, I mean, you talked about the... the, There's a lot of good fans, and the good ones always outnumber the bad ones. It's always a few bad apples that spoil it for everyone. It's it's a shame, because it kind of penalises the entire fan base for the actions of 150-odd people, which was probably less than 5% of the crowd. Yep. So... Poor. It's tough. And again, if if the money was equated to 400-odd grand to each team, well, how much money are Melbourne Victory going to lose by not being able to sell tickets? Correct. Yep. So they're not getting their 400 grand out of this three, uh, this $15 million deal. Absolutely not. So, I don't know. It's it's hard. But what's the alternative? Well, you can't... Do you let them back in? This is the thing. I don't personally think that the club necessarily needs to be held accountable. I don't think stripping points off them would have been fair because the players didn't really have anything to do with the idiocy of these fans. They had nothing to do with the decision to move the grand finals. So I've got no problems with that. The issue that I have, though, with this and what I, where I find it really tricky is, can you imagine somebody turning up to buy a ticket in Brisbane, for example, and getting put through the ringer? Oh, are you a Melbourne Victory fan? No, I'm not a Melbourne Victory fan. Prove it! Yeah. Prove you're not! Like, yeah. Here's a picture of Roger Federer at Wimbledon. Yeah. Like, oh, no, oh, oh, that's okay. a wrong, wrong discussion. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like, you're telling me that the 17-year-old scanning the tickets at the front gate is going to look at that and go, oh, hang on a second, you're that Melbourne victory guy, I can't let you in. You know that famous video of that guy patting down guys outside of a stadium? It's like the most half-assed security I've ever seen yeah, in my life. Yeah, just, Unless it's that security yeah. guy. Yeah. Like, like, this is the thing. They're not going to check everyone. What if the person grows a beard and wears sunglasses? They're not going to even be recognisable anyway, necessarily. Or chops their hair off, yeah. It's just, it's not enforceable. I just don't see a way that you can properly enforce a lifetime ban because how that person looks at 25 versus how they look at 40 is going to be different. Well, and they're not checking everyone's ID on the walk-in, are they? So, no, yeah. So, it's, it's, I think it's... We don't like seeing empty stadiums either. That's that's a really... that's Obviously, we had to during COVID, but if you can avoid it... I mean, it does seem to happen in soccer more than other things, often because of fans. Yeah. Ugh. It's, it's one of those tricky ones where, for me, it almost seems like token sanctions, basically. It's like, we've got to look like we're being harsh, but in a way that we really can't actually enforce it anyway. Because there's no way... Like, even if they put their names on a ban list, if my name's on a ban list, you can go and buy a ticket for me. Yeah, well, that's right. And, that's right. And so all of a sudden, it's like, oh, cool, the, the ticket's not actually attached to a name. It's just Nathan plus however many. So, yeah, I just... It doesn't... I don't know. I don't think it's going to do anything. But the members have paid for their tickets already, so they're not getting any casual fans walking through under this sanction. So, yeah, congratulations, Melbourne Victory fans that did this. You've kind of basically ruined your team for everyone else. All I can think of is maybe the Melbourne Victory do a low-cost end of, like, rest of the season membership. That's all I can think of, but... Well, there might be some things in place to say that they can't skirt the boundaries of the ruling too, of course. Mm. So, yeah, it's it's a real shame. It It really is. And... It happened, what, at the 22-minute mark or something? So if they'd walked out at the 20-minute mark like everyone else did, 
they would have made their statement. Yep. And I think it was a very strong statement. It is. Seeing those hordes of fans walking out at that first Newcastle, I think it was the first game, walking out of that Newcastle Jets game was powerful. It was a powerful message to send because there was still a whole half of football left, not to mention the second half of, of the first half. PS half. 70 minutes is what you're trying to yeah. say. 70 minutes. Yes, there was a shitload of time left. Yes, exactly. Why didn't I say that? That's the way I should have gone. Could, yes. There could have been one, maybe two goals in that. At least maybe, a shot. Maybe a shot. There might have been an offside in that time. Yeah, could be. Excitement <laughs> plus. Anyway, yeah. Look, it's disappointing. Very disappointing. Hopefully teams will learn from this and just stick to silent protests. And yeah, it sucks. It's a shit move from the league to just not be transparent about it. It is. There's a lot of blood on a lot of hands to do with this one. But this this exacerbates it. So I just, yeah, no good. No good. Now, we've already recorded a lot today, Stewie. We would have, in the old days, tried to squeeze it into one episode. We will put it across (laughs) two. And it would have ended up at an hour 40. (laughs) Yeah, probably. But now, maybe less on the cutting room floor. Anyway, some quick hits on the NFL. The playoffs aren't too far around the corner. Obviously, we've already talked about that horrible, life-threatening injury to Damar Hamlin, and our fingers are very firmly crossed with that one. Well, hopefully there's been an update between when we record this and when we release it. Things certainly seem better than they did even 24 hours ago, which is really good. But you had a couple of quick hits there on the NFL. I had a couple of really small things too. Yeah, there's a, there's a few things going on. Uh, the first one I want to talk, a little bit of levity to start things off, Dolphins and Bills. So there was a really big build-up to this game. Will the Dolphins be able to handle the cold up in Buffalo or in New York, I guess, seeing as they're the only team that plays their games in New York, which I remember from yes, tri- trivia. Yes, yeah, good there. trivia, yeah, yeah, yep. And the biggest issue that the Dolphins actually had was that they were being pelted with snowballs. And it got to the point where the game was delayed because too many fans were throwing snowballs at the Dolphins players. The referees actually stated that there would be a 15-yard penalty enforced if a Dolphins player was hit for the rest of the game. Isn't that insane? It's pretty insane. And there, fans again being involved. Yep, being... But at least then, you know, they're not throwing like flares and bins and shit. Was that the game that Tua got another concussion? Tua, well? Yeah, Tua's had three concussions this season. Yeah, I mean, he, he's gone from looking like a top three MVP candidate to, I mean, it's it's almost unfathomable, but Miami look like they might miss the playoffs. It's nuts. It's it's really nuts. But yeah, that Mike McDaniel was wearing, he was trolling fans with, with uh, what was it? Like, I wish it was more hot or something, or I wish it was yes. more cold or something. I wish it was freezing. I can't, I can't remember what it said, but yeah, that, that was all a bit of fun. But I think that probably inspired the snowball throwing. Well, yeah. actually, did you see, I think it was the Seattle Seahawks players or it was either them or there was a game in Seattle where there were players warming up in 10-degree Fahrenheit with no shirts on. Yeah, wow. And I have to say, fuck those guys for being so ripped. Madness. <laughs> they were so ripped. Well, cool. they're NFL players. Yeah, I know, but I was like... Uh, well, uh, the, the linemen aren't ripped. I was very good, though. I showed it to my wife. I said, look at these guys. Aren't they good-looking fellas? Because I, I didn't want to not show it. But yeah, very, uh, very um, insanely ripped, but... Uh, just to be out in 10 degrees, oh, it's insane. It really is. What you need to do is show her photos of the centres and the, the offensive and defensive <laughs> linemen. With, with the, 400 pounds. Yeah, 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 with yeah. the massive beer guts, yeah. yeah with a, well, probably not beer, but, well, maybe a bit of beer. The massive guts. Yes. Yeah. A couple other things, Nath. I'm sorry to uh, mention this, but your Colts, what a shit show. Oh, it's good. I mean, it, we're not making the playoffs, so I don't want us to win again. So it's a shit show is good. Better yeah. draft pick. 
So they led the Vikings 33-0 at halftime and gave up 22 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to send it to overtime and lost the game. I watched that game too, and it was it was a it was a funny game because even though any other time you look at that score, you go, we're well in control of this game. There was a part of you that thought, mm, we could still lose this. Yep. And Jefferson is so good at the end of game. He will his ability to make crazy catches in late game situations for the Vikings, although yeah, they're a bit iffy. Yeah, they? they're a bit iffy <laughs> yeah. too. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty wide open, the NFL. It is. I don't think there's any clear favorite. I don't think some some seasons you have a team that's head and shoulders above all, or you have a few teams that are clearly the best teams in the comp. And look, there are teams better than others, but whoever wins this year will still have some pretty strong flaws. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think whoever wins this year will be canonized as one of the greatest teams of all time. Put it that way. True. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing about this game, aside from the fact that it was the largest blown lead in the regular season history of the NFL, was who it was done by. Quarterback Matt Ryan. Yes. Now, you might recall a certain Chokes episode that we released a little while back, and that would be episode 102, Sport Chokes 3. Ah, good fun, that one. Good fun. Apart from the fact that Patriots won. Yes. And so that was the reason that I was bringing that up is that we were talking about the largest blown lead in Super Bowl history, which also belongs to one Matt Ryan. What a choker. What a choker. Don't think he's got many games left in his career. Speaking of old episodes in NFL, uh, we talked about sport curses on episode 124 for Halloween as well. And we talked about the Kardashian curse. Did you see that OJ Simpson, former NFL player, not without his troubles, to say the least. The legend murderer. Yes. So he actually addressed the Khloe Kardashian is his love child rumor and kind of basically said that Chris wasn't good looking enough for him to have considered back in the day. Wow. So he's basically dispelled it by saying, nah, she's not my kid because I didn't want to bonk her mum, basically. Because <laughs> her mum's a minger. Yeah, well, he didn't put it in those words, but he, he said something along the lines of, oh, no, no, I used to date supermodels. Yeah. Well, at least we know that Khloe's hers now. Sorry, I'm not a fan of Chloe Kardashian. Anyway. Check out episode 124. Please. And what was the one you said? 101. 102. 102. Check out 101 as well. Check them all out. Yeah. Who knows what that one is. Yeah. Now, one of the things I did want to just quickly mention, Nath, was something that, look, we all know about the two-point safety, or certainly those of us who follow the NFL or or even loosely would know about that. That's the only safety that I'm aware of. Well, there's actually a a one-point safety, which I found out about. Random, random way of scoring introduced in 2015 to the NFL and I believe has been in college football since way back because I, I know there was an incident in 1940 where one of these was scored. Okay. And yeah, yet to happen in the in the NFL, but if a team is going for a point after or a two-point conversion after a touchdown, if they take possession of the ball outside the end zone, whether it be blocking the punt or recovering a fumble, and they take it into their own end zone before being taken down, it is a one-point safety. Yeah, there you go. That's that's new to me. Very random. Very random indeed. That's probably how. Well, it's probably the only way likely to get a scoreyami involved. Oh, we love a good score. Involving a one because there's yeah. a lot of those ones that are still free and ready to go. Can you imagine if that was the only point you scored in an entire match? Like Seventeen to one. That's pretty crazy. That would be pretty nuts. That'd be amazing. That'd be pretty nuts. Just quickly involving a former NFL player, but a good news story. We've had some bad news stories, so it's good to have one of these. Blaine Gabbert. Former quarterback, he played for the Jacksonville Jaguars initially, probably his best years. Touchdown to interception ratio of 50 to 47. Had just a shade over 9,000 passing yards. So he was a bit of a journeyman, but he was on the bench for the Bucks when they won the Super Bowl fairly recently, Super Bowl 55. He was the first responder to a helicopter crash 
it crashed in the water and he jumped on his jet ski off the Davis Islands. I don't know where that is, but he jumped on a jet ski, was first responder. And as a result of that, there were no casualties. He helped ensure that all four people survived. So hats off to Blank Abbott. Absolutely. That's uh, in Tampa, Florida, by the way. Oh, yeah, case, there you go. In case you're wondering. I mean, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I know everything. <laughs> Thanks, Google. Hey, hey, no, no. Totally. Hey, if you can if you can call me for no balling my uh <laughs> I can call you for Googling for no knowing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And unfortunately we do have to just quickly go back to the sad stuff again. Yeah. I want to round this out though. Rest in peace to Franco Harris, Pittsburgh Steeler running back, four-time Super Bowl winner, Super Bowl MVP winner as well, nine-time Pro Bowl, just Known best for the immaculate reception to beat the Oakland Raiders. And I'm glad he said all the other stuff though, because he was he retired as a top three or so running back. He was very high on the on the all time stats when he retired. He was a very good player. Oh, a hell of a player. He wasn't just the guy that had the immaculate reception. So a casual fan would think he was maybe lucky, but no, no, no. He was very, very good. He he was. I mean, you don't just become a nine-time Pro Bowler like that. That doesn't just happen. So no, and they were a very good team, those Steelers teams. So they really so were important piece. But yeah. yeah, passed away two days before Christmas at the age of seventy-two. So yeah, look, shame to lose one of the best, but it does happen. It does, and I dare say that back then considering the safety issues and, True. you know, we've talked about concussion and stuff. 72 is maybe a decent it's knock not, for a running back. I know that's horrible to say. No, no, but, but you're right. It's it, There's certainly uh, there's context there. Yeah, but it is very sad. I don't want to sound like the FIFA guy talking about, uh, yeah. Yeah. But no, no, what a player. What a player. All right, Stewie, time for the first final thoughts of 2023. Welcome back. Great to have you on board. Mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. So much fun talking about all the ridiculous basketball going on. And obviously a lot of interesting stuff going on in the, the football codes, whether it be the World Cup or the NFL. What a month. Speaking of which, Super Bowl will be yes. very soon. Yeah, I need to book my leave, actually. I yeah, need to make sure I have that one in the calendar. I think we both do. But no, look, it's getting to that exciting time. Oh, what more can we say? And even, I mean, the NBA is just... It's nuts at the moment. I don't normally watch this much this early, but I need to start. Until next time, I'm Nate. And I'm Stu. We are the Sport Blokes.